The Love Life and Lose Weight podcast will teach you the art and science of changing your habits around food. I'm your host, Advanced Certified Weight and Life Coach, Heather Beardsley. I've helped hundreds of women just like you figure out how to stop dieting, lose weight, and love life on the journey to goal weight and beyond. Hey, welcome to episode 24, What Your Body Envy is Trying to Tell You. I find the concept of resentment fascinating, especially as it relates to our body concept and our perception of other people's bodies. It's a great window to look at to understand the thinking that is probably happening unconsciously for many years based on concepts or ideas that you picked up a long time ago that probably need some revisiting as you work on changing your relationship to gravity right now. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's take it back to the basics. You know, we're born with preferences and desires. <laughs> Our earliest one is to be held, to be fed, be changed, to be warm. And as we live our life at every age and stage from there until our last breath, we are pursuing different preferences and desires. This is just the nature of being human. We're here to identify what we want. And sometimes we identify what we want by noticing what we don't want. And pulling out what we want from the noticing of what we don't want. So we learn that although like the object of what we want is there, like, let's say it's like you want to find a partner and get married. Society kind of implies and we're taught in how we're conditioned in life that, well, we just need to find the right person. And this sort of explains why certain relationships work out and others don't. Well, we haven't found the right person. And although part of that, you know, could be said to be true, we understand that meeting our desires is not really a function of anything outside of ourselves. It's more a function of how we think about when we are you know, satisfied because we know like, okay, well, if you found the right partner, let's say you were static, they, they're meeting all of your needs and your desires and your preferences and all of that. And then over time that changes. Well, the person didn't change so much as your thoughts about them over time. And again, this is just a continuation of how as a human being, what we want, our desires, our preferences, our needs change and expand over time. They're ever changing. And, you know, this is just the nature of everything, right? So sometimes you can see this disconnect playing out in seemingly paradoxical situations. Like, let's say, for example, a billionaire who's miserable. Um, a happy homeless person, 
um, someone, a couple maybe who is celebrating 70 years of marriage and they're very lonely and they feel unloved. You know, these are all ideas of like a paradox, which is the thing that we're after doesn't give us the expectation of meeting our need. So this can be a little bit disconcerting, right? We can spend our whole lives, let's say, oh, like a lot of attorneys are like this. <laughs> you find they really want to be an attorney. They have this idea of what it's like to be a lawyer and practice law. And then something happens with attorneys and the reality of that lifestyle. They don't feel, many of them don't feel as fulfilled as they thought they would be. And many of them leave um, practicing law for other things. And so there's a disconnect. We know it's not the thing itself that makes us happy. It's how we consider it. Okay. So we have these needs and desires and as it applies to us here on this podcast is that we have this desire to be a weight other than what we are. We want to lose weight. And it's the same principle applies. It's less about the number that you're after. <laughs> and I know that you might push back on me on this. So much as it's our thinking about what the number will give us. And here's our exception examples that give us evidence that perhaps it's not the number. Because let's say, you know, I'm still not quite at my goal weight, but the weight I am right now might be somebody else's idea of their goal weight, but it's not mine. So how do we explain this? See, it's not a universal standard that certain weights will meet everybody's needs or that there's a right weight or a wrong weight. It's subjective. But we, we kind of don't really talk about that, right? Because the truth is we can only ever want or desire from our own unique perspective and our own unique experience in our bodies. And of course, there are physiological aspects of weight that um, impact that too, that are maybe more data-driven. For example, if I'm at a lower weight my knees hurt less and it's easier for me to move around. And, you know, that's not just your thinking about it. It's your actual experience in your body. So, all right. How do we explain then body envy or body resentment? Let's take the example of, you know, you're maybe you meet a new person in your friend group and she's thin. And maybe you all go out for dinner and she orders a gigantic meal and then has a large dessert. And maybe you feel slightly resentful. So maybe it's like sort of bubbling up, like, up oh, here we go. Another example that I've seen in my lifetime of somebody who's in a smaller body, which is what I am wanting for myself. And I'm seeing evidence that this is so easy for her and that I can't have it for myself. This is resentment. This is envy. So what is really happening is that with resentment, 
we're hypersensitive to the unfairness. This is what's implied in resentment or envy, that it's unfair. Well, what does unfair mean? Like what's really happening there? We're assuming in our line of thinking that it's easy for certain people and it's harder for us. We sort of ignore how our own food habits are unfair to our own bodies though. Our overfeeding habit, our overeating habit, how unfair that is to our own body. Because we'll be hyper, like the way the brain works is we're hyper attuned to perceived threats that are outside of ourselves. And so those will always like be front and center in our mind. And we're going to minimize our unfair actions around food that are responsible for keeping our weight where it is right now, or that developed a weight gain up until the point you're at right now. So this is why we justify how unfair it is for us to, to, um, eat the way that we do. Like, how can she eat so much? How can so-and-so exercise? Like never exercise. And she's so skinny. I hear this all the time. It's kind of like women don't want to talk about this thing that happens where if you want to lose weight or you've never been able to get to your goal weight or stay there for very long, it's like, it's like a me versus them situation. And we kind of like bond with other people in our struggle around our weight because we're different. That's the assumption. So this is confirmation bias playing out. If you do believe that you're different, you will look out into the world and think that's so unfair. Why is losing weight so hard for me? Why do I have to eat so little and they can eat so much? You know, it's sort of indulgent, but it's trying to tell you something. Like, because if you say like, if you believe you resent someone else's body, or even this is resenting your own body, let's bring it into our own personal world. If you look at your body and think it's wrong, it proves that there is this unfairness. This is you buying into this idea of fundamental unfairness when it comes to the body that you have versus the body you want. Here's the thing about resentment and envy. When you practice resentment, you're protecting yourself because when you practice resentment, you cover up the opportunity to take radical responsibility for the opportunity that is there for you to take, to create what you want yourself, right? Because it it just can't bubble up. You, If you're actively believing life is unfair and you got the shit end of the stick with the body that you have or the metabolism you have or whatever, then you're kind of feeling this like righteous indignation about the unfairness of life. You're not practicing belief that you can have it too. And that's as your coach, what I know to be true. I don't believe that. 
for myself or any of you. Um, if you chose to walk away from resentment and instead open up to, if it's not true that life isn't fair and that I do have opportunities here to create what I want just as much as they have the body that I'm looking at, and I can have that too, then you would open up yourself to be vulnerable to feelings of envy. I mean, many of them, shame, resentment, anxiety, which is not accepting what is, sadness, and even physical discomfort. These are all negative emotions that are trying to motivate you and get your attention to the truth of what's possible. Now, this is not easy work, but the function of resentment is to protect us from disappointment. And so as long as you participate in it, you won't feel the disappointment and the desire, the burning desire and the idea that you could change. So be careful with your willingness to participate in resentment and envy. Resentment and envy are trying to tell you that you're not practicing belief or taking responsibility to get what's there for the taking. Okay. Resentment will like hook itself into when you practice it, all of these related negative projections that you've made in your life about how life isn't fair. And it's the, it sort of like clusters itself around this whole like presentation of reality of like me versus them. People with an easy life, me with a hard life. And if unchecked, it will breed contempt, bitterness, and even like emotional abuse in the form of your own self-talk. And so it requires your compassion and it requires you to open up to the possibility that this just isn't true. This is just a construct. This is just a story that your brain has suggested to you is true. And even if you bought into it before, when you saw that friend of yours, that new friend of yours sitting across at dinner in her smaller body, the one that looks like you want, and you believed that, that you couldn't have that, and you resented her eating lots of food, <laughs> Um, when you do that, you're blaming yourself for a perceived deficiency that just isn't true. And I want you to wake up and use your resentment, use that envy cue that will probably continue to come up for you for the rest of your life. I mean, it's so normal, first of all. And I want you to really question what it implies, which is that you know, smaller bodies are morally superior. Every time you envy, you put a wedge between you and the possibility that like all bodies are just bodies. 
And if you want to change your body, you do have control over that. But when you believe you can't and you see a, a me versus them thing, or you look at your own body and you reject it, what you're doing is you're devaluing who you are in that moment, your own body. And when you, what do we do when we devalue a relationship? Well, usually what happens is we withdraw our affection, our interest, our care, our concern, and our consideration. And we can see this in emotional eating. Like my clients say, like, I don't know why I do this to myself. Like, I don't even like it. Like, I hate eating until I'm over full. Like, I didn't even like the food I was eating. And this is because usually we're caught in the the, the hypnosis of devaluing who we are. And so the question is, how do we change the focus in that moment when we're believing that old lie that a bigger body is less valuable than a smaller body? Well, what we do is we shift responsibility and we shift our idea of what's possible. We snap out of the reverie, which is I can always change my habits around food. I can work on this and I can believe that I can have what I want. I may not know the exact number on the scale that brings me that because it is, like I said before, a function of the thoughts I think more than, than any number on the scale, but I can use it as a guide to move me out of noticing what I don't want without making that mean I devalue myself. Instead, let's use it as a way to say, hey, I'm no longer going to believe that I can't have this thing that I want. And I'm no longer going to think I can't have it by devaluing myself and indulge in feeling envious or um, resentful of other bodies or even my own, okay? I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna take responsibility. And when I do that, then I've gotta get into action. So a valued self, when we value who we are because we know we can achieve what we maybe even thought think is impossible. But when we take the reins of control and we believe it's possible, we will cooperate with ourselves because we are valuing ourselves and our own agency and choices over our life. But staying stuck in envy and resentment is devaluing your ability and your control and your choices and the ability to create change. And you won't change from there. It's impossible. Okay. So this is what your anger and resentment is trying to tell you. It's trying to tell you to snap out of it. This can be possible. Like what you want for you and your weight is possible. Stop telling yourself it's not. Stop telling yourself life is unfair. Stop saying I can't eat like other people. Last I checked, no one was in charge of anything that goes into your mouth. And I want you to hold possibility for like the way I used to think I had to eat is not, po is, is not actually true. 
this is what like all of my podcast episodes have been about up until now that you don't have to restrict to get to change your relationship with your body and change your relationship with the scale. Like it's been a lie. And so it's no wonder that you kind of gave up and gave in to resentment and envy and devalued the body that you have. But that's all just a misunderstanding, right? Like the billionaire who's miserable. You can get happy with your circumstance. You can value yourself now. You can know like no body has the power to make me happy. But what can happen is that I can take responsibility. I can believe that I can have what I want. There's nothing you can't have that you don't truly want because you have choice, you have a brain, you have free will, you have agency, and you got a lot of life left to live, to experiment, to get what you want. So use your envy and resentment (laughs) in a new way as a cue that you can do this and get into the game. Okay. Make it happen. I would love to know what you think about this conversation about envy and body resentment. Visit me over on at Thrive in Midlife on Instagram and let's keep the conversation going over there. Okay. Stay focused and so long. Hey, if this episode was helpful, then let's connect. Visit hbeardsley.com forward slash subscribe. That's H-B-E-A-R-D-S-L-E-Y.com forward slash subscribe. You'll get a gift from me, exclusive subscriber content, and advanced notice of in-person events.